I have learned some very important lessons in my life about resources, time, money, but specifically generosity. And I have learned the hard way on some of these things. I haven't always been great at generosity. I just confess that to you. I haven't always been great at it. As some of you heard the story a couple weeks ago where um, you know, my family grew up, we didn't, we didn't have a ton of stuff, um, didn't always feel like we had overflow all the time, and so it was easy sometimes to fall into that mindset of scarcity and kind of keeping it, you know, we're not sure when the next, uh, you know, bit of money's coming in. So if you grow up kind of like I did, you may struggle sometimes with this whole idea of generosity and being able to, to be able to bless other people. But a couple of the lessons I've learned is that when you're being generous, specifically like financially, if you want to give a financial gift, I have learned that for two categories of people in your life, it's better to follow good old advice. And that is for friends and for family, you don't loan money, you make it a gift. Uh, some of you are smiling, nodding, as you've maybe gone through this a little bit. Uh, it, it, it's just an important thing to learn about generosity is it, if it's family or friends, you, best you can, if you can, make the financial blessing a gift. Make it a gift, no strings attached. Because what can happen, and some of you, maybe that's why you, you, you were nodding, you realize that sometimes that can go sideways. Uh, you know, if you make it a loan, then it's, it's awkward if they don't pay, and then there's like the relationship can suffer. So I've learned that. That's at least one thing I've learned about generosity. It can backfire in relationship. I've also learned that when you can, some of the, the most exciting giving that at least my wife Jackie and I have ever done is when we can give anonymously. That we can give a gift and nobody knows where it came from. And that has been super fun in our lives. We have, always haven't been awesome at it, but the more and more we do it, the more fun that it is. Where God knows, so I don't need to take the credit. Right? We don't need to take the credit all the time. We just, we're generous, and sometimes that's fun. And that's a principle that I've learned. I've also learned, and, and I hope you don't think me shallow by saying this, but when I'm generous, when Jack and I have been able to be generous, I just feel better. Is that, is that surface? Is that like, I don't know what it is. I can't totally explain it. There's probably science behind it. Maybe we'll get to that today. But there's something about being generous that just makes me feel better. Maybe some of that is because when I read the scriptures about the character and nature of God and the fact that he created humans to have his image, he is a generous God. And maybe there's some sense of feeling better that actually ties my heart closer to God when I act more like him, when I'm generous. I sense a closer walk to the Lord. Look, we, we appreciate people that are generous. I think we do. Like, I think it's hard to not like someone who's generous to you. You know what I mean? It's hard not to like them when they're being generous. Maybe you've known some people in your life. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to throw stones at someone that's, that's being generous. It's hard to dislike that person. In fact, I would venture to say that regardless of where you're at on the whole gener generosity thing, 
I would imagine that most of us in this room would like to be a little bit more generous. Can I see a little bit of hands? Like, I'd like to be a little more generous. Can you, would you agree with me? So we would like to be a little more generous, and that's a good thing. I think that's reflecting the, the, God's image on us and how we want to, to act like uh, God our Father, who's generous. Because what's the alternative? We don't want the alternative, do we? We don't want to be that person that's like the penny pincher, you know, the miser, the hoard, the, 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 the scrooge in the deal, right? We don't want to be that person. We would like it if when we left the room, people would talk about how generous we are. And that can be more than just money, obviously. That can be with your time, your resources, your talent, where people are just like, wow, they're, they're you know, I don't always agree with that person, but they sure are generous. I think most of us would like that to be said about us. Because that, that does feel pretty good. I don't want to be known as the village cheapskate. right? I want to be, be generous. I'm Pastor Ben. I'm glad you're here with us today. If this is your first Sunday with us, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. We are gathered like this on a Sunday morning like Christ followers all over the globe. We're here like one big dysfunctional family of faith. We're here because Jesus of Nazareth of Galilee rose from the tomb that Sunday morning, and that tomb was empty, and it changed human history forever. And that's why we gather like this. We're here to honor Jesus as King and Lord. And so I'm glad you've joined us today, whether that be online or in person. We're glad you were here. Today we're going to lean into this idea of blessing. We've been in this series called Overflow. This is week number three. So we, we were in week number two last week. I know we couldn't gather in person last weekend, but we um, did talk about Overflow uh, part two, which is the idea of, of, of uh, living the story of blessing. I encourage you to catch up if you didn't catch that. Um, but we want to talk about generosity in a way that reflects the heart of God. It's not just some empty religious doctrine, but it's actually a way for us to live with a generous heart, that we would be an inspiration to those around us. Whether they know Jesus or not, we would be an inspiration by our generosity, and people would know that we're serving Jesus because of the great love and generosity that we show overflowing from our hearts. And that's what we're aiming for in this series. And today we're going to talk about living that life of generosity, living that life of overflow. So let's seek the Lord for a moment. I want to pray with with us to get started, but just to kind of get us all on the same page. On the count of three, let's take a deep breath. Ready? One, two, three. Deep breath. Then breathe out. Snow melt. Okay, did, did I say that out loud? Sorry. Would you, would you pray with me? <laughs> Lord, you're good and powerful. You're mighty. Lord, give us the courage today and the wisdom to, to have your heart when it comes to the stuff that we have. That, Lord, we would, we would honor you with our generosity, uh, not just finances, but time and talent and abilities, that we would give them to you as a sacrifice and that we would show your love and generosity to the world around us. Lord, help us to live into that lifestyle of overflow and that we would be a blessing to the world. And so, Father, empower us and, and teach us by your, your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, if you have a Bible or a device, we're going to hit a few places, uh, specifically Proverbs. So if you can find the, the book of Proverbs, it's in the Old Testament part of our Bibles. I don't love that term. Hebrew Scriptures, the First Covenant, First Testament, but in your English Bible, it probably says Old Testament. But we're going to be in, in Proverbs a little bit. We're going to have it on screen as well, but it's nice to be able to pull that up 
so you know that I'm not making this stuff up. Um, I wouldn't do that to you. But the scriptures talk about the beauty of God's generosity, but also the blessing of human generosity. That there's a sense of, for the people of God, there's this partnership of generosity that happens. And then God overflows his blessing to us, and then we're able to, to do that for other people. So you got this give and take partnership of the generosity of God and the blessing of human generosity. And so it's a beautiful thing. One of my favorite uh, statements from uh, the scriptures and from specifically the book of Proverbs is found in Proverbs chapter 11. It'll be up on screen. It's from the, the wisdom statements of Solomon and, and folks like him that were wise. Uh, really important for us, these scriptures, especially Proverbs. In fact, when I was first discovering the, the, the following Jesus, I had a mentor that was helping me, and um, I didn't really know what devotions were and that sort of thing, but uh, that mentor said, you know, an easy thing to remember, Ben, is uh, there are 31 chapters in this book called Proverbs in the Old Testament. And so whatever the day of the month is, just pick that chapter in Proverbs, and that's what you're going to read for the Scripture. Actually, that helped me out quite a bit. When you start now and following Jesus, you don't know what to read. You, know, you start at the beginning, like a novel. It doesn't really work that way. So helping me develop as a teenager uh, the wisdom of Proverbs it was actually pretty helpful. And so maybe that's a help for you. Maybe that's the best thing you're going to get today is go, oh, that makes sense. Whatever the day, what's today? The, what's today? The 21st. <laughs> so what, what chapter of Proverbs would you read today? You guys are awesome. Uh, it's good, good wisdom. In fact, I found it was one of the best ways for me to start out my journey of Jesus because if you look at the scriptures in Proverbs, if you build your life on those, about 80 to 90% of life sort of works out. It's just good wisdom for daily life. Now, I realize there's 10 or 20% that doesn't quite make sense. That's why we throw in Ecclesiastes. But the, the, the point is 80 to 90% of life kind of works out by following the, the basic wisdom of Proverbs. So it's good stuff. So Proverbs 11:25. Let's Let's read that down. Whoever, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Let me read that one more time. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. I love the language of that, because for me, I think of a spring on the property that we lived on when I was a kid. Living on the farm, we had this spring that seemed to, day in and day out, season after season, always yielded the freshest, clearest, coldest water that I've ever had. In fact, when I think of uh, that spring, I, oh, I can almost taste it. And when I read the scripture, I love that Proverbs used the language of, if you're going to refresh somebody, you will be refreshed. If you're going to you water someone, you will be watered. I love that idea. You can almost taste that in the language, that when we are a blessing, kind of like giving water to someone who needs it, you, you quench their thirst, God will quench your thirst. And I think of that, I think of that spring in our property that yielded the clearest, coldest water. And it could it be true that when we provide for others, God would in turn provide for us. It's this beautiful exchange, right, of God's generosity and human blessing. Both of those working together. I love that scripture. Think about that. Whoever, what does it say again? Who, who, and the one who waters 
will himself be watered. Think of that cool spring, maybe like this right here. Although I'm not going to drink this water, Andrew. I don't know what's in this water. But you get the drift. Overflowing, watered. I can just taste it. I want to sign up for that. That's the kind of thing that I want. I think staying close to the Lord, when we're walking with the Lord, we naturally become generous people because we're just reflecting what God is in our lives. And I love the statement in Proverbs chapter 10. So one, one chapter before this that we just read, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, this is from the New English Translation, it says this, The blessing from the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord, from the Lord, makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. There's a sense of the blessing of God in our life uh, is, is so powerful that there's no sorrow attached to it. There's no sorrow added to it. So it's, it's not a blessing that's, that's taken by stealing or ill-gotten gain or cheating. It's a blessing from the Lord, and there's no sorrow to it. There's no shame in it. It's a beautiful thing. And when God does that blessing, he expects, expects us to to treat that well, to manage it well, to be a blessing to other people. By God's grace and by faith in Christ, we've been redeemed from this curse and this idea that we're never going to have enough. In fact, by faith in Christ, we have access to everything, more than enough. So I think it's time for us to stop falling for the lie that Satan, the accuser, the deceiver, wants to put on us that we're never going to have enough, we better, we better, we better hoard it. Uh, we're going we're to live with this scarcity mindset. That's what the, the enemy wants us to believe. But actually, remember in week one, we talked about Colossians saying that we've been transferred, in Christ, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's dear Son. We have been moved out of the mindset of scarcity and been moved into the reality of abundance. And that's the sort of people... He's called us to be. So in Christ, we have all of that, and we can embrace that abundance mindset and live in that overflow, realizing that the blessing from the Lord makes a person rich. And that blessing can take lots of different types. It can be financial, sure, but it could also be your, your time, your resources, your talents, all of that. The blessing from the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And when we bless others, we will be enriched, and when we water others, we will be watered. This beautiful exchange, you see it? The generosity of God, and, and, he, and he does that, so there's the blessing of humanity working together in a partnership of generosity. We can tell Satan, good old deceiver, no more scarcity mentality. We can tell him, I don't live in lack anymore. I have abundance. We have access to it all. Now, will we believe it? That's the question, right? Will we believe that's true? Well, give me some time. I'm still working on it, okay? I'm still working on the argument. Well, the reality check is that we just have to start from the point that, that God owns everything. He's the one who is the owner. And he, him being the owner, he's graciously allowed us to manage some of the stuff. Again, time, resources, all that. He's allowed us to manage it. But we have to realize that we're not the ones that are, that are the owners, I think sometimes in our life, when we start to get traction, 
financially or in our careers or success, even Christ followers fall into this trap. We start getting some traction on these things. We start to think, you know, God's up there, but I've been doing all the work. And it's kind of, it's kind of me that's really responsible. I'm the, I'm the owner, actually. And we start to push God out of the ownership seat, and we start to sit in it. And for many of us in this room, we realize that's a bad exchange. When we kick God out of that control spot and the ownership spot, and we think we got it all, that's a very dangerous place to be. Some of us have lived this way too many times, maybe multiple times. But God owns everything. In Proverbs chapter 50, and you've probably heard this before, Proverbs chapter 50, or I'm sorry, Psalm 50, verse 10 says this. Psalm 50. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. This was written at a time when a lot of wealth was based on how much land you had, how your crops were doing, and how much livestock you had. That was, that was a time frame that this was written, right? That, that psalm was written. And so God is saying, look, wherever human wealth finds you, I'm the owner. Wherever you find it, all the pockets of wealth, whether that be in the stock market or livestock or land or whatever, real estate, I'm the owner. And because I'm the owner, I have the last say, not you. It's a really important perspective for us to have because we often get this wrong. And when we do, it's not good. So he owns everything and he's allowed us to manage some. But what's great is when we decide to follow Jesus, we become part of the kingdom. In fact, we're called children and heirs, a kingdom of priests. In other words, we get access to all the supply of heaven and earth. We get access to it. We have ample supply, more than we need. We have overflow. God is offering that to us. It's like he's saying, look, the sky vaults are open to you. All the storehouses are open. You just come into the storehouse. You're one of my children. You're an heir. You get access to all the king's resources. He's offered that to us. Come in, receive it all. You have access to the overflow. It's a precious and powerful privilege that we have that those who are born again in Christ get to have that. We get to live that privilege of blessing, both now and not yet. The problem is sometimes we don't believe it. And we fall back into that scarcity mindset. We fall back into that kingdom of darkness. But we've been transferred. It's time for a transfer and a renewal of our minds. That we have more than enough and we can bless other people. As you get into the New Testament writings, specifically the writings of Paul, Paul was an early apostle, very well educated. He was on his way to be a rabbi in the Jewish uh, community. And Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, what we call the New Testament part of our Bibles. And in the New Testament, there's a lot of letters. And in one of those letters, uh, Philippians, where Paul is writing to Christians in the town of Philippi, the first century town of Philippi, he wrote in, in Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply your every need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Listen to what he says again. And my God will supply your every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He will supply every need. Paul is reminding us that in Christ we have access to the storehouse. The sky vaults of heaven, all of those resources are available to us. And he wants us 
not just to bless us, but to be a blessing. He wants to bless so we can be a blessing. And it's all there. So all the supply is there. But too often we don't believe it. We live in such a way that we don't believe that. That we tend to want to hoard and, and not give to a need. Now we can't solve every need, but I think God is wise enough to put a need in front of us that we can meet. A real need. Can't fix it all. I heard one famous preacher say, you do for one what you wish you could do for, for many. I think God is wise enough, wise enough to give that person of need and put them in front of us. He will supply every need according to the glorious riches of Christ. The, the phrase there, will supply your every need, could be translated thoroughly furnished. You think of a house, uh, it's empty, but, so it needs to be thoroughly furnished. And so that's kind of the imagery that Paul is using here, that, that it would be, your house would be thoroughly furnished. And it comes from a Greek word, you don't need to remember this, but plerao, which uh, can be, again, worded a couple of different ways. But one of, one of the ways is that he would fully supply your need in that, like if you had a boat, he's going to make sure your boat is fully stocked up. In fact, in the Greek language, that term was used for that very purpose of a ship owner who needed to take a voyage or he needed to go out fishing, whatever he needed to do with that boat, and the boat was ill-equipped. And so that word, plerao, was the idea that the owner is going to go and he's going to fully furnish. Maybe we would call it deck out. We're going to fully deck out this boat, get all the gear in there, all the downriggers, all the bait, everything ready to go, fueled up, all of that, GPS working, everything's ready. Your boat is full and ready to go on that voyage to conquer whatever it was. Conquer the tuna fleet or conquer, well, who knows. But your boat would be fully supplied, completely equipped and furnished. That's what that term means. And here's Paul using it for us, that God will fully furnish everything you need according to to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Everything you're going to need for the journey, providing you even more so so that you can be a help to other people. As one person said, God will eliminate your deficiencies. He will eliminate your deficiencies. All those excuses we have, well, I don't have enough to give. I don't, I, God doesn't really want to use me for this. He's going to eliminate your deficiencies so you can be a blessing, so you can be fully equipped fully decked out for your life and ministry, more than you need, that he will furnish in abundance for every good work. That's what he promises us. If we're willing to trust him and be available. And, and that's where he's calling each of us today, to be available for that very thing. Now, uh, I, I'm a fan of Christian music and I've been a fan of Toby Mac's music for a long time, even back when he was in this band called DC Talk. Some of you are old enough to remember them. Um, well, uh, he is more hip-hop and, and rapper. Um, I want to I share the lyrics of a song he wrote several years ago called Overflow, but I'm not going to try to become a hip-hop or rap artist for you. You're welcome. I'm not going to do that. I can't pull that off. But one of his songs, Overflow, from years ago, said it this way. It ain't half glass empty or glass half full. It's running over. It can't fit me. 
down every side to the ground, more than enough to go around. Isn't that good? Let me, let me say it again. I'm just going to say it, not sing it. <laughs> it ain't glass half empty or glass half full. It's running over. It can't fit me. Down every side, through to the ground, more than enough to go around. Would you and I start believing that God has given us more than enough to go around? That we would leave that thinking of scarcity and be transferred to the kingdom of abundance? No, that doesn't mean we're all rich. But as we talked about, what, last week or the week before, most of the world lives on less than $7 a day. So in kind of a big way, we're all rich in this room. And he's given us more than enough, and we can be a blessing to others. So let me ask you the question. Do you feel like you're fully furnished today? Do you feel like, yes, Ben, I am fully furnished. I'm I'm ready to do what needs to be done. I am uh, fully supplied, and I'm ready. I can be an overflow sort of person. I can be generous that way. How many people feel like you're at that spot? Fully furnished. How many people feel like maybe... Maybe you're not quite there. And you need God maybe this week. You need to be praying, God, put me in a position so I can be more generous than I am now. Fully deck me out, Lord, for for life and ministry. I don't know where you're at, but God is calling each of us to, to use our overflow for the blessing of someone else. So whether you feel like you're fully equipped right now, fully decked out, fully furnished, or you're praying for that, God wants us to be generous. If if we were to do a spiritual audit of your life right now, oh, here we go. You're so glad you came today. If you were to do a spiritual audit, if, if, if the disciples came back and they wanted to do like a holy audit of your life right now with how you've spent your time, your resources, your money, all of that right now, right? Point in time study of your life. How would you rank? Like, would you rank... I'm a, I've been a great steward. I've been a great manager. If, you, if you're there, awesome. Keep it up. God's going to keep blessing you to be a blessing. But maybe some of you are like, hmm, I don't know that I've managed it well. Like, I may be struggling with that holy audit that maybe my words and my actions haven't quite matched up. Well, it's time for you to spend some time with the Lord. Get on your knees. Sometimes literally get on your knees and say, God, I'm, I'm, I need to be here, and I'm here. Uh, Lord, this, this audit is not going well. I've not spent my time, resources. Really, I've said my time, but it's actually your time, Lord, because what's mine is his, and what's yours is his. So how would that audit go? Have you been managing his resources well? Have you been living with a scarcity mindset for too long? Right? Let's just do that audit for a second. I know it's kind of quiet in here, but do that audit for a second. If God were to look and does how you spent your time and resources, all of that, match what you say about how Jesus is Lord, I surrender all, all those things we sing about. God's got everything. He's got, he's, he's, a whole world's in his hands, right? We sing about that song. He's got it all, but are we living with a scarcity mindset? How are you managing? How would your audit go? What's your hesitation to being a good steward? And maybe that's the thing to wrestle with this week. Take that home. Spend some time in Scripture. Read the Proverbs. Read about generosity. 
We talked about last week, Jesus spoke about this more than almost any other reason or any other topic because I think he understood the reason is money sometimes and possessions and all those things go after our heart and they can seize hold of it and can make us close our fists to the needs of others. And he's asking us to open our lives to be generous. So I don't know where you're wrestling with generosity, but he wants us to live a life of overflow. Jesus is calling us to live an overflowing life sort of life. That's the only idea that I had today, that we would live that sort of, of lifestyle of generosity, living an overflowing life. And here's the deal. Science has backed us up. Thank you, science. I don't often do the science-y thing, but I found this on several, I did some research, several different sources, not just one, confirmed what I'm about to tell you. And you may not believe this, but just hang on. You can look it up later. Don't Google now. So, science has backed up this whole generous lifestyle, this overflowing life that is actually good for us. Here's the first sh shocking thing. Even thinking about being generous actually improves our mood. Like, you haven't actually been generous yet, but if you think about being generous, it's like a placebo effect, the weirdest thing. But if you think about it, being generous, like you're sitting right now thinking, I can take care of that need. I can help this. I can. If that right there, that thinking already starts you on a healthier track. It's science. Here's another one. Thank you, science. It generally makes you happier than people who are not generous. Maybe you've experienced this already. I kind of hinted at that. Jackie and I have experienced some of that. But science has proven that like, when you are generous, you are actually happier than people who hoard it. Thank you, science. Here's another one. Giving can improve your physical and mental health. Like, it literally can lower your blood pressure and your stress and your anxiety. Now, I would say thank you, science, but I think God already told us that. But anyway, thank you, science. Here's another one. It actually strengthens social bonds and friendship when you're generous. Like, it actually helps people get along better when we're generous instead of just hoarding everything. Science. Last one. It's actually contagious. Several years ago, there was this movie, I think, called Pay It Forward. Anybody saw that movie a while ago? Anyway, it's like 2001, somewhere in there. And it's actually true. Like, when you're generous, you think it's only you, but actually the people around you that watch that, they think, I could do that. Generosity is contagious. Thank you, science. There we go. It's great, and the fact is, I think we need to change this phrase. When I was a kid, there was commercials on that said, milk does the body good. Actually, they found that cow milk, not so much. But anyway, I think it's generosity does a body good. It's generosity that does a body good. Kick the milk out of there. Science is proven. In fact, I read an article in Psychology Today, and okay, don't send me emails. Look, I know Psychology Today, I probably don't agree with everything on that, but it's interesting that Psychology Today actually put out a study that they did in 2003, and it revealed that generosity helps us actually live longer lives. Listen to this. Like a healthy diet, exercise, and good genes, generosity increases your lifespan. A 2003 research study at the University of Michigan showed that the positive effects of generosity include improving one's mental and physical health, and promoting long life. In another study, same university, 
they traced 2,700 people over 10 years. And they found that, and this was specifically, they were following men who had heart issues. They followed men who had heart issues. Men who did regular volunteer work had death rates two and a half, or two and one half times lower than men who didn't. Generosity literally reduced stress, supports one, one's immune system, and gives someone a sense of purpose. Science. In fact, there was an NPR uh, interview that I heard on Morning Edition several years ago that talked about the idea that science is starting to think that generosity is hardwired into the human psyche. Well, we kind of knew that. God made us in his image, and he's a generous God. It's, it's baked into our psychology. So I want to encourage each of us today to live an overflowing life. Imagine what there are 150, 200 of us in this church. Imagine us living this life of overflow to the people around us. Imagine what that would look like so that we could be a blessing to other people. Imagine the testimony, the kind of witness we would have if we were that kind of people. And I believe God's calling us to do that to live a, an overflowing life, to tell the story of generosity, and to have an abundance mindset. Now, if you're listening right now and you, you, you're like, hey, I want part of this abundance thing you're talking about. I want to be part of this kingdom that has all the supply. And you've never suggested Jesus. That's the key to having access to it all. So if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, come talk to me, talk to one of our elders. We'd love to get you started on that journey of following Jesus and having access to all of heaven's resources. Would you pause and pray with me? Father, we thank you for your love for us, your generosity. And Father, because of your great love, we want to love you back with everything we have. You're the owner of everything, but you've allowed us to be stewards. Help us to be good managers. And Father, to be a blessing to those around us, to have the abundance mindset you've called us to, and to live an overflowing life. Father, help us to have the courage to do that this week, that we would see a need and meet that need and honor you in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.